The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good morning, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat ruckers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed, to the Sons of Liberty Radio Show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I am the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here. On the show, we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who is on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com, sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you go over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll right down on the right side of the page, you'll see that we're going live there if you want to watch the video portion of the radio show. you can. That's right, you see the face that's made for radio. Uh, so if you're listening by Red State Talk Radio, you want to head over there and watch the video portion, you can do that. They're at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. We're also live on the front page of BeforeIt'sNews.com. Our friends over in DLive are joining us as well, DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. Um, you can check us out on YouTube at Bradley Dean, as well as on our Facebook at Bradley Dean SOL. I don't know how long we'll be there either. Uh, <laughs> they seem to want to choke people out slowly, uh, find a reason that they can. I'm surprised they haven't done it anyway, but we're still there. Uh, on our Twitter account at BradleyDean1, we're also streaming live as well as Periscope and Twitch at Setting Brushfires. If you would like to support the Sons of Liberty, again, we don't ask you for money. We just let you know we have needs. If you'd like to support us, you can head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. There is a little button right at the top of the screen, the donate button. You can make a one-time donation if you feel led to do so. Also, if you would like to partner with us monthly, you can do that. You can set a uh, amount you want to donate monthly it's automatically done set it up one time become a son or daughter of liberty and help us do what we do we would appreciate that very much also while you're there just scroll down just a little bit and put your email in there you get once a day you get um, our newsletter from sonslibertymedia.com we don't sell it we don't rent your email out we don't do any of that stuff you get one email each day in the evening time let you know the the stuff that we've got put out and uh, that keeps you up to date with what we're doing there on sonsoflibertymedia.com. If you would like to call in any time, the phone lines are open, okay? <clears throat> and uh, we welcome your call. Love to hear from you guys. 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. Uh, give us a call and be happy to uh, hear from you this morning. Now, today I guess is a little different. I don't usually get on rants and stuff, so I'm going to try to keep my rant at Something controllable here. Because 
over the weekend, and this has been building up for quite a while now, but over the weekend, I saw what was going on in Canada. I don't know if you guys have seen what took place up there at a barbecue place in Canada. It sounds funny to me. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a Southern guy, right? Barbecue. I know other people talk about barbecue and they mean a cookout. I think of barbecue like, you know, your, your fight over the different kinds of barbecue across North Carolina or something. <laughs> that kind of barbecue. But up in Canada, there was... <laughs> no, I'm not going to erupt. I really... Up in Canada, there was a gentleman up there. At, at He owns Adamson Barbecue. Now, I got to tell you, the guy is gutsy. I like that. He's got to know the marketing strategy to this too and but he he stood in defiance of tyranny and i applaud him i you know whatever the motive was i applaud him for standing against it but you're going to understand what's happening here this whole lockdown mask mandations uh is that even a word mass mandating all of this kind of stuff is unlawful And it is not to protect a soul. It is to impose control on the people. And we're going to see here in a little bit, it is to kill people. Nobody can get on the side of lockdowns, okay, and still claim that they're for your safety. Remember, these are the same governments, whether it's in Canada or the United States or the United Kingdom, that legalize, it doesn't make it lawful, they use that term, to cover up what they're doing that's unlawful. They legalize and sanction the murder of the unborn. Yet they care about you? I don't think so. I don't think so. Let me give you this, and then I'm going to give you some instances that we've covered over the past couple of weeks. And then I've got a guy by the name of James Corbett. You guys probably, many of you have heard of him. Um... And I think it's vital that you hear what he has to say. So I'm going to be playing his message here in just a bit. Yesterday I put out nearly 100 cops try and keep a Canadian restaurant closed over the COVID-1984 as protesters organize. All right? It's only for two weeks. Right, Eric. (laughs) Two weeks of this will solve the problem. It'll flatten the curve. They just took and put fake air in the curve to make it rise, didn't they? All right, so decent people wanting a meal, right? They just want to go eat. They just want to assemble together. They want to go fill their bellies. And they want to eat at the restaurant. And here's what went on. Um, after a day of turmoil, the city of Toronto has ordered Adamson Barbecue to close until or under Section 22 of the Health Protection and Promotion Act, a release from the city state that an investigation was immediately launched when the restaurant began op- operating on Tuesday morning, going against the Reopening Ontario Act, which included both indoor and outdoor dining services, many patrons not wearing masks and no physical distancing in place. 
Despite Ontario regulations requiring all restaurants to be closed except for takeout and delivery and drive through this establishment opened its doors to patrons. How dare they? How dare they do that? For dine-in eating in contravention of the law, it's not a law, it's a, it's a it's pretended law that is designed to protect people from the spread of COVID-19. The City of Toronto is also investigating Adamson Barbecue for its compliance with business licensing, zoning, public health, Ontario Building Code, and the Ontario Fire Code requirements. Yeah, of course they are. This guy's been operating for some time now, and now all of a sudden, because he wants to defy them, they say, oh, well, we're really going to give it to you now. We're going to send in every little agency we got to investigate you. This is, listen to me very carefully. This is exactly why government should have no business in regulating any of this stuff. You say, what is to protect us? What if the guy put something in our food? Well, let me ask you something. They do all this stuff, and what if they put it in your food? How many of you guys have heard of stuff, I'm not going to say what it is, being put in your taco meat at Taco Bell? Huh? Because some employee is disgruntled or whatever the case may be. Huh? They go through the same things. These regulations and government agencies don't stop a thing. The old adage of buyer beware, word of mouth, is very good in this situation. And this is how they're doing, this is how they're dealing with people who have the liberty and the desire to go inside a barbecue place, sit down, get some food, and eat among friends or strangers. It's their liberty to do it. And the people who are scared of the convid, they can stay at home if they want to do that. There is your protection and there is your liberty. All in one thing, without any government involved. But, here's what I'm going to show you. I want you to see what the, what happened as a result of what went on. Uh, this is a... Um, Brief video by CTV News. Okay, here we go. Let me bring this up. Thanks the province's lockdown order. A Toronto barbecue restaurant reopens to indoor dining, clashing with police and bylaw officers who arrived on scene. Good afternoon. The protest comes amid growing frustration from small business owners. They call the province's COVID pandemic protection plan unfair, and at least one man vowed to make a public statement about it. CTV's Austin Laney will have more on this story a little later on in the newscast, but he joins us. And actually, Austin is here now. Austin Laney joins us now. Uh, Austin, you are at Queen Elizabeth Boulevard in Etobicoke with the latest on the drama that unfolded. Of course, this is breaking news, so you're joining us now. Go for it, Austin. Well, you can see the lineup behind me. These are the fans of this barbecue joint. It's uh, called Adamson's Barbecue in Etobicoke. Last night, he, uh, the owner of the place put out a, a message on Instagram saying that he would be uh, opening in defiance of the provincial rules and uh, have indoor dining. What we're looking at here are the supporters of Adamson's Barbecue. They came here early as well, as well as people who uh, who were not supporters, who were worried about the, uh, the spread of COVID in the neighborhood. Finally had enough. 
True to the promise to open indoors, diners sat down at 11 this morning and began eating, defying the lockdown rules. How do you feel about a possible fine? Can you guys please move out of the way because you're blocking the entrance to my restaurant? It started last night with this Instagram post from Adam Skelly, the owner of Adamson's Barbecue, saying the location will be open for indoor dining. So why are we getting singled out? And the big multinational corporations are all essential while they're packed. Did you get that? Come on, guys. Enough is enough. The premier acknowledged yesterday the lockdown is not always fair. It's tough. It's tough to balance the, the health and the well-being of, of society. It's not your job to do that, government. In the economy. It's not your job. The opening brought out Beverly Bates, whose sister-in-law died of COVID in May. Healthy, 44 years old, she died. My, I have three nieces that are motherless, and he thinks that this pandemic is a joke. His supporters say... I think it's absolutely brilliant. I think small business needs to stand up. Do you think it's dangerous? Not at all. The city issued this statement today. The city is aware of a restaurant promoting their opening in defiance of provincial orders. Should any business that is prohibited to open does so, it will be investigated and appropriate enforcement action will be taken. Unless it's Not a government building 11 opening, and a government police agency. arrived and went inside. And there was the police behind me with the bylaw officers that went inside. I can tell you, I can look in there right now, and there are still people inside the restaurant. There is still a lineup outside the restaurant, and there are still a lot of supporters of uh, Adamson's Barbecue, and it's right to uh, open up today and serve people inside. They're also saying that uh, uh, they're against wearing masks as well. If you look around the, the whole group of supporters here, uh, very, very few of them are wearing masks. Uh, we'll send it back inside. All right. So that's the uh, that's the report that came out. Now, if those of you who are watching and uh, in the article that's on SonsLibertyMedia.com that you can you can check out all these videos, you can see the guy's full Instagram. If you haven't seen that of what he's putting out, he's exactly right. They're shutting down the multinational corporations. All you know, they're essential. Okay, they are essential to government and government offices aren't necessarily being shut down either. They might be limited, but this is what they're doing. And he's right on about it. Now, it gets it gets worse because some of you were seeing some of the police officers. Out. There was a number of them. There was at least two dozen in that, in that little clip there, for those of you who are listening by radio. At least two dozen in that clip. Wait till you see this one. There's nearly 100 cops out here in front of this barbecue place. Okay, a hundred. I think somebody said ninety-seven cops. One of the guys who's up there, uh, the in the report or the tweet that he had. Actually, it was one of those TikTok things. Um, ninety-seven cops out there. Some of them mounted on horses. And when I showed it to, to our health and wellness expert Kate Shimarani last night, she said they bring in the mounted cops on the horses for more intimidation. This is. A place you eat. And they've got nearly 100 cops. Now, I want to ask you something. Well, I'll ask you after the clip. Okay, here it comes. This is some of the protests that are taking place here. And for the listening audience, uh, up until the, the people start speaking, you'll see what's going on. There are numerous police vehicles out here. Look at all these cops. Look at this. This is to keep people... From exercising liberty to go eat someplace. It's absolutely incredible. 
Ain't nobody social distancing out there. People don't have their mask on. Most people might not realize this. Now listen. But also working within our laws. The people do have the authority to lawfully enforce a citizen's arrest of any member that is committing a crime. We're pulling up those laws right now so that we can inform every single one of these citizens of their rights in order to do so. So I would be prepared, officers, because you either have to fulfill your duties and arrest people who commit crimes, or we're going to be arresting you for a violation of your oath. In addition to all the cops that are there, there's a dozen horse-mounted cops there. Is exactly, exactly what enemies intended. This is how they rise citizens to be radical. They're inciting the people is what they're doing. And as soon as the people move on them, the people are going to be called the bad guys. That's what's happening. We've defended you non-stop for eight months. And we will stand by you if you honor your oath and about face like you should. Nope, they got a paycheck coming. They're agents of the state. They're agents of the state. And you can see, again, they're, <clears throat> the cops are outnumbered. There's no doubt about that. And you'll see... There's a couple of people inside who are eating. Okay. My guess is is that they're allowing for a small occupancy inside. So small. I mean, look at them. There's like two and a half dozen just right there on the front. Don't they have criminal actual criminals to go arrest and investigate real crimes happening? I mean, you would think that they would have time to go do some actual police work. But no, they're there targeting a business. Now, I'm going to balance it out here in just a minute, okay? But understand something. Police officers like this, who do this kind of thing, they are not protecting you. You are the ones in their sights. You are. Your liberties are what they seek to infringe upon as agents of the state. You can say, do you hate cops? Well, there are some people who do. I don't hate cops. But here's the thing. When they are acting like this, they aren't cops. They're tyrants. They, they have become the enemy of the people. You've got to understand that. I'm sure there were people in Germany who just thought their cops were just great doing the crimes that they were doing. But they were tyrants and they were enemies of the people. Now, let me just throw something else here, just to balance it out just a bit. Up in New York, you've got Governor Fuhrer Andrew Cuomo coming out and saying cops can't determine what laws they're going to follow and which ones they aren't. Oh, yes, they can. When they're unlawful, they're supposed to do that. We talked about that the other day, I believe. 
where the sheriffs were being run out and the health inspector was being run out of a business. The people were telling them to get out. Good. There are some others, though, and uh, Daniel Greenfield wrote a piece on this. The cops refused to be the Thanksgiving police. They weren't going to follow um, <clears throat> the orders that were given. And now, this was in uh, Oregon. They weren't going to follow it, and they weren't going to go after people who were meeting with their families for Thanksgiving. They said, even for us up here in communist Oregon, this is a little, this is a little far. Okay? By the way, Annette... We're not on that. <laughs> I don't know what it is about the people and their Trump-Biden idolatry. It, it, this isn't... Well, I'll, let me speak to that just a moment. We're not on that, but let me speak to that. The entire reason that you have lockdowns in the states is because of the guy in the White House opened up a national emergency act. Okay? He opened it up. They all fell in line with him. And if you go back and you put in Donald Trump in YouTube, put in Donald Trump and... He's in charge of the state's reopening. And you'll find out who's in charge of reopening the states. He says it with his own mouth. He is. So if, you, if you're fighting over the two tyrants, that you, whichever one you want to rule over you, and that's what you're asking for, we don't have rulers in America. We have one king. It's King Jesus. We have representatives here. That means they work for us. These cops work for the people up there that I just showed you. They work for the people in Canada, or they're supposed to. But they're, they become agents of the state. Same things happen here in Oregon. And here in Oregon, they say, we're not going to follow your unlawful dictates to us. Good. Good. They're doing what they're supposed to do in that capacity. Keeping their nose out of people's liberty. Now, would you guys also go the next step and arrest the governor for her crimes? Huh? Or is that going to interfere with your paycheck? Is it going to mess with you too much to go try to do that? I'm just curious. Because that's what it really comes down to. We're just doing our job, right? Job, money. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve money. That's what Jesus said. Which one are you going to serve? And that doesn't. that's just not applying to cops. This whole idea of snitching on your neighbor because they had six cars in their driveway, lots of people in their house, Weren't wearing masks? Yeah, you doing that kind of stuff, that's just as lawless. It's just as criminal. Just as criminal. Let me give you a couple other examples. <clears throat> um, I've got several of them here. Yesterday, this comes out of Los Angeles County, California. They're going to unlawfully cancel Christmas. Or that's their intentions. All gatherings are banned except protests in church. Oh, they're actually going to let church go through because churches like John MacArthur said, yeah, we're, we're going to open. Jesus is the one who established the church. He's the one who will dictate where we meet and how we meet and everything else. We'll let those protests go on too, good and bad. People like Naomi Israel going out there, a mom and a wife going out there and organizing people saying, look, all businesses are essential. We have the right to freedom. I mean, well, not the right to freedom. We are, we're supposed to be a free people. We have rights. We have the right to move. We have the right to breathe. <laughs> we have the right to work. 
protesting their government, going to their government and saying, these are our grievances against you. You're acting unlawfully against us. Like our forefathers did. I was going to read from the, the Declaration of Independence. Might need to do that here in a second. I didn't pull that up. It was on my mind. And I, I just had a lot of things uh, going on this morning in pulling a lot of this up. Maybe, I'm, maybe I should go ahead and, and read from that. <clears throat> in fact, I think I did put that in here. Here's what they had, okay? This is the, this is the um, safer at home order. Right, right, safer at home. This is from the County of Los Angeles Public Health. Gatherings, all public and private gatherings with individuals not in your household are prohibited. Except for church services and protests. This is in clear violation of the protections of the rights of the people in the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. And yes, I understand the First Amendment applies to the federal government. But the states adhere to that, saying they're going to uphold that amendment too. And intrinsically within that amendment, what do we find? The people have, look, the right of the people to peacefully assemble and to petition their government for a redress of grievances. See that? That's what it says. And all of those people who serve in California government, whether they're unelected bureaucrats, whether they're the governor, whether they're in the health department, whether they're police officers, they swore an oath to uphold that right there. And yet, they're pushing this on the people. Okay? They're pushing this on the people. Additional things that this little safer at home order and it's it's it may be an order but it's an unlawful one it's tyrannical it flies in the face of the protections of the people to assemble peacefully occupancy limits all individuals at these sites are required to wear face mask coverings and keep at least six feet of distance we're going to get to that in a moment you're going to like this you want to know where that came from a third grader you're going to like this you're going to you're going to trust me You're going to want to hear what I'm going to play in just a moment. Came from a third grader. This six feet distance mess. Here's the places that are to have these occupancy regulations. Essential retail. What is that? Who determines whether it's essential or not? I guess it's if you're in ties with the fascists. I guess that's what's going on. 35% maximum occupancy. Non-essential retail, including indoor malls, you guys get 25% occupancy. Now, why is that? Does the convids know where essential and non-essential retail is? Is that what's going on? The convid knows about that? Personal care services. You guys only get 20% maximum. Does the convid know if you're an essential retail versus a personal care service? I mean, think about this, guys. Fitness centers operating outdoors. Outdoors. Not indoors, outdoors. 50% maximum occupancy. Does the convid know the difference between essential retail, non-essential retail, personal care service, and fitness centers that are operating outdoors versus those who are operating indoors? Libraries, 30% maximum occupancy. Again, does the convid know the difference between that, essential retail, non-essential retail, personal care services, and fitness centers that are operating outdoors versus those operating indoors? 
And I could go down the list here. Museums, galleries, zoos, aquariums, botanical gardens, operating outdoors, 50% maximum occupancy, mini golf, batting cages, go-kart racing, out, uh, operating outdoors, 50% maximum occupancy. Does Convid know the difference between any of this stuff? If it doesn't, and I think it's logical that it doesn't, <laughs> the cartoon 19 virus. I get it, Cece. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was funny. Um, if it doesn't know the difference, then what are these people trying to pull on the people? Huh? What are these tyrants trying to pull on you? They're trying to control you. They're trying to control you. That's all this is about. That's all this is about. It is not about your safety. And how blind are you to go along with it? As far as I'm concerned, every business listed there in L.A. County that they call essential retail, non-essential retail, you batting cages, mini golf, museums, botanical gardens, zoos, aquariums, galleries, fitness centers, libraries, personal care services, you know what you guys ought to do? You ought to band together and you ought to start opening up today. All together. You really should. And make them work their fannies off, writing you tickets, fines, throwing you in jail. Whatever. It's going to cost you something. It is. I'm not going to say it's not going to cost you something. But it's better you pay a small price now than the price that's coming down the road. Because it's a big price that's coming down the road. It's a big one. You guys band together. Otherwise, they're going to pick you off one by one. Now, let me remind you. Our forefathers suffered some abuses too, okay? And they wrote something called the Declaration of Independence. And yes, it is part of our law. I, people say it's not. It's, it's contained within the statutes of our law. Here's what they wrote. They signed their names to it, pledging their honor and their sacred fortunes. Everything on the line here. It was not a game to them. It was not political entertainment. They weren't political junkies. This was their lives. Some of you out there are political junkies. You're looking for whatever tyrant you want to rule over you. Whatever political party you want to be in power. They're not to be in power. They're to be those who work for the people. The people are to be in power. My goodness. Here's what they wrote. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth. You see that? Who's assuming the powers? The people. The people are assuming them. They're to self-govern. This is what God gave man, not government. Who did he instruct to take dominion over the earth? Man. He didn't instruct government to do that. He instructed man to do it. They're to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God, that's the creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident. You don't have to be a scholar to figure this out. This is pretty simple. 
that all men are created equal. It doesn't mean equal in their capacity. He mean, they mean they're equal as though they are made in the image of God with the same rights. They're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. That's what he's talking about, about equality. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It was originally pursuit of property. It wasn't just whatever makes you happy in the moment. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. You get that? What's the, what's the role of government? To secure the rights. This is what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 1. Where he talks about that he praises those who do good. But the king bears the sword to deal with who? Those who do evil. And in this context of America, guess what? We don't have a king. We don't have leaders. We don't have people over us. The people are the ones who are the king of Romans 13, if you will. We're to execute the law. We're to do it. Okay? That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. In other words, if you don't want to be governed by these tyrants, you have the right, yea, the duty, to fire them. But no, we're in a battle here and right now over which tyrant we would like to have. Do we want a little tyranny? Do we want a lot of tyranny? Do we want it with red? Do we want it with blue? Do we want it in a box with a fox? Hmm? It, it, what kind of tyranny? That's what people are up, up, up to their eyeballs in today. What kind of tyranny they want? The Republican kind of tyranny or the Democrat kind of tyranny? Foolish people. Foolish people. Let me take a moment here. When it comes to dealing with tyranny and those, and tyranny always comes with liars. They're always false prophets of the God as, as, as the state as God. Okay? They always come with that. Doesn't matter if they come with it with a little and they clothe it in the thin veneer of Christianity or whatever the case may be. They're always saying the state has the solution. One way or the other. Okay? When you go over into the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18, you'll find that the man of God, Elijah, went and he confronted Ahab and he confronted his wicked wife, Jezebel. And he confronted all of the false prophets of Baal. And he called them out. And he called them out to show who was the real God. Now, some of you out there, you've been taught by these little panty-waist preachers, these hirelings in the pulpit, okay? Oh, we just have to submit ourselves to government. Don't you know what Romans 13 says? We must bow before the almighty state. Because it honors God. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. And I'm going to show you why it doesn't. And I'm going to give you several examples here real quickly before I play this piece from James Corbett. When you go into 1 Kings chapter 18, you see Elijah confronting the king and his wicked wife. And he calls out the false prophets that his wicked wife are adhering to. And by the way, she was the one wearing the pants in the family, not Ahab. Jezebel was doing it. Okay? And he called them out in front of all of Israel. And they set up their, their, their sacrifices. 
And you remember the false prophets cried out to Baal, Oh, Baal, come and save us. Uh, they were cutting themselves. They were doing all kinds of stupid stuff out there. And the man of God mocked them. Oh, he shouldn't have done that. That was very unchristian of him. No. He knew who the true God was. And he mocked them. Hey, maybe your God's sitting on the throne, like the toilet throne. Maybe your God's taking a vacation. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe you should yell a little louder. Nothing happened. 400 prophets of Baal there. The people all watching. Nothing happened. And Elijah says, let's just make sure that we got the real God here. Hey, bring some water in here. Dump it on the altar. Pour it in the trench around where the altar is. And he cried out to God to show himself as the true God. The Bible says that fire fell from heaven. It consumed the altar and all of the water that was on it and around it. Elijah didn't stay out there for hours cutting himself and doing all this stuff. He just asked God to show who was the true true God in Israel. And you know what they did after this? They didn't have a rock party with these guys. They took them down to the river and they slaughtered every one of them, all these false prophets. You say, well, that isn't very Christian either. Mm -hmm. You haven't read your Bible. (laughs) You haven't read your Bible. Let me give you a couple others. You want to say it's not Christian. This is the Lord Jesus. Luke chapter 13, beginning in verse 29, And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there at last which shall be first, and there, and there are first which shall be last. And the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. That was not a nice term to call the king. That's the words of the Lord Jesus. Well, it's Jesus. He's God. Well, yeah, he is. And we're to walk in as Jesus walked, right? Isn't that what First John says? We're to walk as he walked. We're to speak as he speak. He says, you tell that fox, behold, I cast out devils and I do cures today and tomorrow and the third day I shall be perfected. He wasn't worried about what Herod was going to do. He told Pilate on the day of his crucifixion, you have no authority unless it's given to you by my father. See, this is what it means to not walk in fear. And too many people in America, you know, it's really sad knowing our rich history of Christian heritage, walk in fear, putting their little face diaper on, wanting not to be close to somebody, not have Thanksgiving dinner with their families, not now not wanting to have Christmas. What in the world's wrong with people? Jesus stands up against them. The prophet stood up against them. John the Baptist stood up against the tyrant of his day, Herod, that he had to deal with. Mark 6.18, John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He had taken his brother's wife. And he says it wasn't lawful. What law is he pointing to? The law of God. It wasn't lawful for him to have it. Did, and John lost his head over it, guys. He lost his head over that. That's why he was kept in prison. That's why the, the, this, this chick that he brought, his, his brother's wife, and her daughter, sensually dancing before him, tripped him out to the fact that he, he went and he had John beheaded. 
See where his sin led to? But the man of God stood against it. He stood against the tyranny, the unlawfulness. That's what tyranny is. And then we have the apostles. In case any of you guys think that God has changed or that his people have changed somehow or his law has changed, nope, it hasn't. We're told in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, and they went to the captains with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people. Hmm. Remember that old quote? When the government fears the people, that's what they were. They were fearing the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, that's Peter and John, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood, that's Jesus, on us. Well, these dummies, you guys were the ones that said, let him and his blood be upon us. That's what you said. And Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen in there. They really should. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Not you little panty-waste people out there who cower in fear before the tyrant, but for those who obey God. Mm-hmm. There you go. Old and New Testament, prophets, John the Baptist, Jesus, the apostles, they all stood against tyrants. They all called them out. Every single one of them did. So what is all this leading to? Because I'm not going to have time to get to all these stories that I want to give you. I do want to let you know this. On Saturday, many people joined in London. They tried to join again. They've been coming every weekend protesting the lockdowns, protesting the mandates, protesting all of this unlawfulness in their country. And here are the cops trying to stop people, arresting people, keeping them at bay, not letting them come together. You know, they have rights too in the UK. And the people are trying to exercise those rights. Uh, I've got several. I'll have some of these if you haven't seen them in the archive later today. What happens when you don't bring justice to those who commit crimes against nature? Huh? You want to talk about Kate Brown, for instance, and others. Well, you just encourage their lawlessness. It's the same thing here. Um, I was going to talk to you about election fraud. I was going to bring that in. That comes off on this, too. This is a lawlessness that takes place, too. And we talked to you about that. Uh, I had Captain Carl on. What do we do now, George, right? <laughs> Voter fraud. It, the, the solution is with you. It is with me. It is with the people. It's not with Congress. It isn't with the president, even though under our Constitution, the president should be calling up the militia to make sure the law is enforced, to put down these insurrections. That's his job, by the way. Article 2, Section 3. Those things go on. He continues to ignore it. He continues to badmouth it for political purposes. But he doesn't do his job. Now, here's the thing. These lockdowns, these mandates, it doesn't matter if it's in L.A. County, 
or wherever it is in the United States. I can't speak to Canada. I can't speak to the UK, but I can speak to the United States. And since our foundation is based upon the Creator whose word we have, it's the Bible, the Old and New Testaments. Yes, I know some people don't like to talk about that, but that is what was established early on. It's where the states got their laws, and they would cite it. That applies everywhere, by the way. That's not unique to America. It actually applies everywhere. But here's what I want to leave you with. This is about nine minutes, so it's going to take us right up to the end of the show. This is James Corbett. Anybody, and I mean anybody, who continues to push unlawful lockdowns are pushing death sentences on people. There is no denying it. You are involved in the deaths of various people for various reasons. Okay? I want you to listen to this because I think it's a good word for people to hear. And James is going to reiterate that point. Hang on. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. In 2006, a 15-year-old high school student from Albuquerque, New Mexico, won third place in the Intel Science and Engineering Fair for her project on slowing the spread of an infectious pathogen during a pandemic emergency. Using a computer simulation that she developed with the help of her father, she argued that in order to slow the spread of the disease, governments should implement school shutdowns, keep kids at home, and enforce social distancing. Incredibly, that third-place high school science fair project can be tied directly to the lockdown policies being implemented by governments around the world today. You see, that father that she developed her computer simulation with was no average doting dad, but a senior researcher at Sandia National Laboratories who, at that time, was working on pandemic emergency response plans for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. His proposal to implement school shutdowns and, if need be, workplace shutdowns in the event of a pandemic emergency was developed at least in part in response to his daughter's high school project. Now, those advocating for lockdowns have seen the destruction and death that those policies have wrought this year, and we are living through that right now. Not only are people being deprived of their livelihoods and forced into grinding poverty as a direct result of these shutdowns, but now the undeniable truth is that if you are advocating for lockdowns, you are advocating for some portion of the population to be consigned to death. This is no longer debatable. It is even openly admitted, although months too late, by the World Health Organization. I want to say it again. Uh, We in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as the primary means of control of this virus. We may well have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition because children are not getting meals at school and their parents in poor families are not able to afford it. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so we really do appeal to all world leaders, stop using lockdown as your primary control method, develop better systems for doing it, work together and learn from each other. But remember, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever uh, belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer.
This is the point at which, no doubt, I'll be expected to produce the data to back up the non-controversial observation that lockdowns kill, even though that data will do precisely nothing to penetrate the consciousness of those who have already decided that they occupy the moral high ground for advocating locking billions of people around the globe as prisoners inside their own homes. But persevere, I will. I'll point, for example, to the letter signed by hundreds of doctors calling the lockdowns themselves a mass casualty incident and exhorting politicians to end the shutdowns. I'll point to the research that shows that thousands of people will die because of delays to cancer surgery treatments as a result of the medical shutdowns. I'll point to the research of the Wellbeing Trust showing that 75,000 Americans are expected to die deaths of despair, including alcohol and drug misuse and suicide, this year alone as a result of the lockdowns. I'll point to the research of The Lancet showing that 265 million people are expected to be thrown into severe food insecurity as a result of these lockdowns. I will even point to the research showing 125,000 children are expected to die from malnutrition as a result of these lockdowns. But as I say, none of these deaths will matter to those who have already decided that they are right and virtuous for advocating locking vast swaths of the human population inside their own homes to starve to death in the name of slowing the spread of a disease that even the epidemiologists who have been wrong about everything this year tell us will kill less than 1% of the infected. Yes, slowing the spread, not stopping the spread. This was never about stopping a pandemic. Even the lockdown advocates never advocated that, but somehow that has been forgotten, and 15 days to flatten the curve has turned into a never-ending carte blanche for the biosecurity state to implement any number of draconian policies on its population, any number of policies on the checklist of the would-be dictator, not only locking people inside their own homes, but constant surveillance of the population through the contact tracing and tracking apps that are increasingly being implemented around the globe, and inevitably the proposals for mandating the experimental vaccines which agents of the state will forcibly inject into people against their will. This is not acceptable. We cannot allow this to stand. If we forsake this, our most basic right, the right to step foot outside of our own homes, then we forsake our humanity itself. Amen. An important part of what makes us human is being taken away from us in the name of stopping the spread of COVID-19. But there is good news for those who have managed to retain their sanity in the time of insanity. We do not need a complicated plan in order to subvert this agenda. We do not need special deputization or to ask permission from the government. Listen, listen. We do not need to join any particular political party or even any particular protest movement. Hear it? Listen. All we have to do is disobey there you go. these unlawful orders. There you go, people. The persistent anti-lockdown protesters said they will not forget Melbourne's strict 112-day measures as they took to the steps of Parliament. They carried signs saying don't trust the government and chanted for police to join them in their rally. I've lost friends, I've lost family who've killed themselves. I've seen okay. clients die because they've lost their livelihood. I'm sorry to hear that. I know you are, and I'm just a pale, I'm asking for you to guys have yeah, some compassion. Can you arrest us all? 
because from what I'm gathering here in this area, we are all banding together and going against our governor. More people protesting out in the streets. Here they are driving the sheriff and the health inspector out because they have no authority here. If you have managed to retain your sanity during this time of widespread insanity, I applaud you and wish to assure you that you are not alone. Many, many people all around the world are defying orders. They are protesting against these lockdowns. They are standing up. They are disobeying. But, of course, the corporate-controlled press don't want you to know that disobedience is an option on the table, and they will not report on this. But disobedience is an option. Open your business. Leave your home. Do not ask for permission. Disobey. To those who are still advocating for lockdowns, I encourage you to do so to the face of those parents who have lost their teenage children due to suicide as a direct result of the shutdowns and tell them that their child's death doesn't matter because it wasn't listed as being due to COVID-19. Or do so to the face of the tens of thousands of others who have already lost loved ones as a direct result of these shutdowns or the hundreds of thousands more who will die as long as these lockdowns endure. If you are advocating for lockdowns, you are complicit in tearing families apart. You are complicit in inflicting untold suffering on millions of people around the world. You are complicit in casting the poorest and most vulnerable in our societies into even further grinding poverty. You are complicit in murder. A line is being crossed right now. Which side of history are you on? Make your decision now and make it wisely because your actions during these times will not be forgotten. You have been warned. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. All right, and a good word there from James. Uh, that's exactly what's going on. The real numbers are showing that this is exactly what's going on. <laughs> good, Eric. Good. As we should be. When there's unlawfulness... We say no to the tyrant. Now, I am going to hang around just a couple of minutes, not long, but I'm going to hang around just after the show ends because I'm going to address some of these people who keep coming in with Trump 2020. You know, you're talking about a subject we're not talking about, but I am going to address it as as to how it applies to this, okay? So hang on with that. You guys at Red State Talk Radio, if you want to join us on YouTube, before it's news, DLive.TV or Sons of Liberty, well, you can, yeah, you can still jump on SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. Otherwise, 23 hours will be back with you then. See ya. Okay, all right. <clears throat> let me cut off the phone lines here for the next show host. And uh, let, me, let me just address this because this applies to this situation too. And I'm not going to stay on it a long time. Okay, I'm just going to – you people who are stuck on the Trump-Biden thing, okay? First of all, let me tell you something. Yes, I think it needs to be dealt with. Yes, I think Trump has every right, yay a duty, he's the chief law enforcement officer as president, to deal with corruption involving voter fraud. Will he deal with that, or will he just use it to keep his place in office? If he's just using it to keep his place in office, and he's not going to deal with those who are engaged in it, 
He is just as culpable in all of it as anybody else. He's using it for his own gain. If, in fact, he brings people to justice, then I can say he's doing his job, good for him, and I'll get behind him in that. Okay? I will. But Donald Trump isn't the only one who's exposed voter fraud. That's been going on a long time. This stuff that we've been talking about, these lockdowns, the mass mandates, guess, what, guess, who, gave the, guess who opened the gate for all of that? Let me just, it wasn't Joe Biden. He hasn't been president. Now, Joe Biden would go and enforce it far more than what's going on. I'm not saying he wouldn't do that. I'm not praising Joe Biden, so don't give me that stuff. He would be far worse than that. But the fact of the matter is, the person who opened up the lockdowns, the person who opened up um, the, the mass mandates, the person who opened up the stage for day after day after day after day after day, bringing out his cronies with Dr. Fauci, Dr. Burks, and all of these knuckleheads, to which all of this was done, was none other than President Donald Trump. He was the guy who let it go all on. And again, I should bring up the video just to let you know the reason the states didn't open was because Donald Trump said they wouldn't open. He said it. I'm working with the governors, but I'm the one who determines when they open. He said it with his own mouth. Uh, In fact, what I'll do is I'll find that video and I'll put it in the archive today because I'm not going to look it up right now. And yet people come in here And you tell me about stuff that you haven't seen. You're just trusting somebody's word over it. You know, we have this this thing about, oh, they raided offices in Frankfurt. They have servers. Really? Have you seen them? Have you seen them? I'm just curious. Have you seen the servers yourself? These are the same people that lie to you day in and day out. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. The stuff I looked at, the, this, this company doesn't even have offices in Frankfurt, by the way. Maybe they do, maybe they don't have them. I don't know. I've seen enough to know there's voter fraud. I've seen enough. I didn't need Sidney Powell to tell me that. I didn't need Rudy Giuliani with his stuff running down his face telling me that. I don't need Donald Trump telling me that. I see it. There are multiple eyewitnesses at multiple places telling us that. The Bible says two or three witnesses confirm a matter. No, Ray, I'll, like I said, I'm going to have that, and I'm going to put it up here. <clears throat> let, me just, let me just see if I can pull it up right now. Because I want to put it, I want to put it to people who have ears to hear. Um, let's see. I don't know if this is the right one or not. Let's give this one a try. If it's not, what I'll do is I'll. I've been having many discussions no, this isn't with my team and top experts, and we're very. Let's just see if this is it. A plan to open our country, hopefully, even ahead of schedule. And that's so important. We will soon finalize new and very important guidelines to give governors the information they need to start safely opening their states. My administration's plan and corresponding guidelines will give the American people the confidence they need to begin returning to normal life. That's what we want. We want to have our country open. We want to return to normal life. Our country is going to be open, and it's going to be successfully opened.
Okay, so it, listen to what he's saying. We're going to give it to the governors so they can reopen. Now, this isn't the clip that I'm talking about. He's in an interview, and I want to say it's, <clears throat> I don't remember who it was with, but he specifically says, I'm working with the governors, but I'm the one who ultimately determines whether the state's open. Okay? No, it, that's not the case, Rhonda. The states have power. The president never had power. If you think he has power, article, section, and clause to shut down states. You tell me where that is. You tell me in the Constitution where the president has the authority to declare a national emergency. It ain't there. It ain't there. And all of these national emergencies do nothing but to steal the wealth from one American and give it to another. That's what they're about. Every time there's a hurricane, every time there's a flood, every time there's some natural disaster, which aren't natural disasters, I mean, nothing happens apart from the will of God. If there's calamity in the city, does the Bible not tell us that God brought it? Yes, it does. They're not natural. They're surgical. They're deliberate. And Jesus warned about it too, by the way. In the book of Luke, the people said, well, what about, what about that tower that fell? Well, Jesus says, well, you better repent lest something like that happen to you. What's he indicating? That tower didn't fall on its own. If God can tell the seas where to stop, let me tell you something, folks. He can bring the buildings down too. He can make those waters rise up in judgment. Any of this stuff. Okay? But I'm telling you right now, you're being played. And you guys who keep thinking the Republicans are going to do this, that, and the other, let me tell you something. How long have the Republicans and Democrats been playing patty cake with each other? Bringing on more and more and more and more and more tyranny. Over 170 years. Actually, longer than that. Maybe like 190. Trace it all the way back to Lincoln. So, oh, it matters what Trump does. It does matter. He's either going to be constitutional and uphold the law, or he's going to be a tyrant. In the media's eyes, he's, you know, he's going to play his part in that. And the media is going to play their part. WWE, Harlem Globetrotters, that's what it is. All right? That's what's going on. And when it comes to these lockdowns, I don't see President Trump dealing with the tyrants in the states who are usurping the law, violating the Constitution and the rights of their people. I don't see him doing any of that, dealing with those tyrants. Oh, he calls them out for his political gain because he, he's saying what you want to hear. But the action is really lacking, isn't it? The action is lacking. Where's the militia being called in to put down the insurrections that's going on in these major metropolitan areas? Where's it at? Look, guys, I'm not picking If Joe Biden was in there and the same thing was going on, I'd, I'd say the same thing. In fact, if Joe Biden does go into office, if he does, you're not going to hear any change in the message at the Sons of Liberty by me or Bradley. Why? Because we're pointing to two things, the Bible and the Constitution. And it speaks, it doesn't matter what jersey the guy has on. It really doesn't. 
And people need to get that in their heads. You're fighting over political parties and partisans that don't care about you one bit. They just want your vote so they can have power to rule over you. That's what they want. And you're happy for them to rule over you. Do you understand? You're happy for them to rule over you. You want a ruler. You want a tyrant. You want a king other than King Jesus. You want a king like the nations around you, just like the people of Israel were. And the message to you is the same one to every single person on the face of the planet. And that is to repent. It's to repent. Why would you want a corrupt, sinful man as your ruler if you even halfway know some of your own wicked heart? That man has no different heart than you do. Hmm? Just some food for thought here. I'm not ridiculous, Deanna. If you continue to follow after this stuff, you're going to find out how serious it is for you. It's going to be at your front door. Didn't say anybody was perfect, Rhonda. I really didn't. There's only one perfect man. It's the God-man, the Lord Jesus. That's it, period. Okay? That's right, poor King David. But you know what, Rhonda? King David repented. And he loved God's law. And he enforced God's law. That's the difference. Let me give you one final thought here. I was going to do a whole show on this, but I'm not going to do it. And I'll let you, I'll let you guys read it. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up here so I'll make sure that I have it in the, uh, in the archive. Yeah, he did. He murdered in adultery. That's right. He violated the law, Rhonda. And when he was confronted, what did he do? What did he do? Did he justify it? Did he say it was okay? No, he repented. He understood the consequences of it because he says, the man who did what Nathan was pointing out with stealing the little ewe lamb, we just went over this the other week in in church. He did it deliberately to hurt that man when he had plenty of his own. He said, that man ought to die. And Nathan said, you're the man. And here's the thing. David didn't sit there and justify. He says, well, you don't understand. I I had this going to... I didn't say I know his heart. I'm looking at his actions, Rhonda. Are you looking at his actions? Huh? You looking at his actions about bump stock bans? You looking at his actions about lying to you about the cost of the wall and what's actually being built there instead of not new wall, but putting up where he's refurbishing wall? Huh? Are, are you paying attention to how much money uh, it, that you're going into debt that's unconstitutional, that's spending, that he signs into law, that's unlawful? Hmm? I'm not looking at his heart. I'm looking at his actions. Do you listen to his words when he uses the Lord's name in vain and rallies? Hmm? Out of the heart, the mouth sp- or out of the mouth, the heart. Ugh. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Hmm. Yeah, you can make it. You're a felon if you make it, Rhonda. Are you not paying attention to what his ATF put out? Guy had to destroy 75,000 of them. Why? Because they did it ex post facto. 
which Congress is not allowed to write an ex post facto law. Okay, well, if you don't like that, guess where that's coming from? Trumpy. It's coming from him. He should say it's not lawful, but he doesn't do it. He gets behind it. The USMCA, we could go down, look, we could go down the whole thing. I'm not going to argue with you. The fact of the matter is, I judge him by what he does, not by what's in his heart, because I don't know what's in his heart. I can just tell you what comes out in the action. Last week, I've had so many people tell me, Donald Trump is like King Cyrus of the Old Testament. No, he's not. He's nothing like King Cyrus. Nothing. Biden has plans to spend trillions. Deanna, Donald Trump has spent trillions. I'm not waiting on him to do it. He has done it. He has put us almost $10 trillion in debt in three and a half years. That's, that's almost what Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka did in eight. Okay? I'm not talking about what might happen in a Biden administration. I'm sure it will. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it will. I'm talking about what this administration has done. You're scared of what's going on maybe in the future and defending what's going on in the present. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you that you don't see this? My goodness. Trump, who has gone out of his way to retweet that he's king of the Jews, king of Israel, and the second coming of God, and others saying he's the Messiah, or one of the two Messiahs from a Judaism point of view. The occultic Judaism point of view. The synagogue of Satan is what it is. They don't embrace the real Messiah. And they say that Trump is like King Cyrus. I quoted Dr. Michael Brown. I like Dr. Michael Brown on a lot of, on a lot of stuff, but I got some problems with other things he does too. And this is one of them. He tries to parallel it. You can read uh, in the article here what he has. Cyrus was a prideful man. There's no doubt about it. Here's what he had to say. I am Cyrus, king of the universe, the great king, the powerful king, king of Babylon. He sounds like Nebuchadnezzar kind of, doesn't he? King of Babylon, king of Sumer and Akkad, king of the four corners of the world, son of Cambyses, the great king, king of the city of Anshan, grandson of Cyrus, the great king, uh, king of the city of Anshan, descendant of, there's some names I can't even say in here, (laughs) Tyspes, the great king, king of the city of Anshan. I mean, he keeps saying that over and over. The perpetual seat of kingship, whose reign, Bel, which is Marduk, and Nebu love, and with whose kingship to their joy they concern themselves. Bel, Marduk, and Nebu were the names of, of some of the key gods. You remember those guys, the gods of fertility, the Bel gods, okay? He was full of himself, and yet, did God use Cyrus? Yeah, he did. There's no question about that. But I've been consistent. God used Barack Hussein Obama Satoru Sabarka. Just like God used Nebuchadnezzar to judge Israel. And later he converted him. He humbled him. Until Nebuchadnezzar got the point that he wasn't the big cheese. He was brought low so that God might exalt him. And how did he do that? When he brought him low, when he took his mind from him and he ate grass like an animal and all the stuff that went along with that, 
when God finally gave him his mind back and his throne, Nebuchadnezzar said, I see what I am. Who can speak against the God of heaven? Nobody can stop what he does. Nobody can put their hand up against God. He does what he wills. Okay? God is sovereign in the matters of men and of turning their hearts to kings, Proverbs 21.1. In fact, since nothing and no one nor any authority exists apart from God's decree, John 19.11, we know that if anything happens or if anyone is exalted, Daniel 2.21, God has a purpose, Romans 8.28, in their exaltation or whatever takes place. Otherwise, it can have no purpose and is merely random chance. No, God has a good purpose in even the wicked being in authority. While we have no biblical prophecies of Donald Trump, we do have them for Cyrus. Even him being called by name hundreds of years before he was even born. But what else do we know about Cyrus? Now, this is very interesting, and I want you to pick this up, okay? And again, I think this needs to be heard because it's not heard by people, okay? This is from, again, my article, and I quote Flavius Josephus. He was a, he was a Jewish general in the first century. He wrote about the destruction of Jerusalem, which Jesus says was coming on that generation. That's what Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21 is all about. The destruction of Jerusalem. It's not about 2,000 years in our future somewhere. It's about what was coming on Jerusalem, what he prophesied to them. Here's Josephus in his book, Antiquities of the Jews. In the first year of the reign of Cyrus, which was the 70th from the day that our people were removed out of their own land into Babylon, which Jeremiah said would happen, and which Daniel prayed for, knowing what Jeremiah had prophesied, he prayed for it in Daniel chapter 9, that God was going to release his people... 70 years after the bondage they had in Babylon. God commiserated the captivity and the calamity. Now, this isn't, this is not, I mean, Josephus is not a Christian. Okay, understand, but what, listen to what he says. God commiserated the captivity and calamity of these poor people according as he had foretold to them by Jeremiah the prophet before the destruction of the city that after they had served Nebuchadnezzar and his posterity and after they had undergone that servitude 70 years, he would restore them again to the land of their fathers and they should build their temple and enjoy their ancient prosperity. And these things God did afford them for he stirred up the mind of Cyrus and made him write this throughout all Asia. Quote, thus saith Cyrus the king, since God almighty hath appointed me to be king of the habitable earth, I believe that he is that God which the nation of the Israelites worship. For indeed he foretold my name by the prophets, and that I should build him a house at Jerusalem in the country of Judea, end quote. Did you get that? Cyrus was changed. He was no longer promoting Marduk and the bell gods and all this other stuff. He says the real God's the one that the Israelites serve. That's the real God. This is the God who called me by name before I was born. And said, I would do these things. Pay attention. 
This was known to Cyrus by his reading the book which Isaiah left behind him of his prophecies. For this prophet said that God had spoken thus to him in a secret vision, My will is that Cyrus, whom I have appointed to be king over many and great nations, send back my people to their own land and build my temple. That's a prophet of God right there. He's very specific. Here's his name. Here's what he's going to do. It's not vague. It's not like the false prophets of the day. It's very specific. And Cyrus picked up on it. This God named me. And he said what I would do. Josephus continues, This was foretold by Isaiah 140 years before the temple was demolished. Accordingly, when Cyrus read this and admired the divine power, an earnest desire and ambition seized upon him to fulfill what was so written, so he called for the most eminent Jews that were in Babylon and said to them that he gave them leave to go back to their own country and to rebuild their city, Jerusalem, and the temple of God, for that he would be their assistant, and that he would write to the rulers and governors that were in the neighborhood of their country of Judea, that they should contribute to them gold and silver for the building of the temple, and besides that, beasts for their sacrifices." He goes on and he says, When Cyrus had said this to the Israelites, the rulers of the two tribes of Judah and Benjamin, which the Levites and priests went in haste to Jerusalem, yet did many of them stay in Babylon as not willing to leave their possessions. And when they were come thither, or thither, all the king's friends assisted them and brought in for the building of the temple some gold and some silver and some of the great many cattle and horses. So they performed their vows to God and offered the sacrifices that had been a custom of old time. I mean this upon the rebuilding of their city and the revival of the ancient practices relating to their worship. Cyrus also sent back to them the vessels of God, which King Nebuchadnezzar had pillaged out of the temple and had carried to Babylon. So he committed these things to Mithridates, the treasurer, to be sent away with an order to give them to Sanabasar, that he might keep them till the temple was built. And when it was finished, he might deliver them to the priests and rulers of the multitudes in order to bring in order to their being restored to the temple, Cyrus also sent an epistle to the governors that were in Syria. The contents whereof here follow. Here's here's his um here's his here's his greeting here. I have given the I've given leave to as many of the Jews that dwell in my country as please to return to their own country and to rebuild their city and to build the temple of God. Not a God, not one of many gods, to build the temple of God at Jerusalem on the same place where it was before. I have also sent my treasure, Mithridates and Zorobabel, the governor of the same, excuse me, the governor of the Jews, that they may lay the foundations of the temple and may build it sixty cubits high and of the same latitude, making three edifices of polished stones and one of the wood of the country, and the same order extends to the altar whereon they offer sacrifices to God. I require also that the expenses for these things may be given out of my revenues. Moreover, I have also sent the vessels which King Nebuchadnezzar pillaged out of the temple, have given them to Mithridates, uh, the treasurer, and to Zorobabel, the governor of the Jews, that they may have them carried to Jerusalem and may restore them to the temple of God. Now their number is as follows, 50 chargers of gold and, fi- and 500 of silver, 40 theraclean cups of gold and 500 of silver, 50... Ba- uh, he lists all this stuff, okay? And he says, and the priests shall offer also offer these sacrifices according to the laws of Moses. 
in Jerusalem. And when they offer them, they shall pray to God for the preservation of the king and his family, that the kingdom of Persia may continue. But my will is that those who disobey these injunctions and make them void shall be hung upon a cross. That's part of the law of God, guys. Go back and read it in Deuteronomy. And their substance brought in the king's treasury, and such was the import of the epistle. Now the number of those that came out of captivity of Jerusalem were were 42,462. Now here's the comparison, and I put this in the article. Compare a stark contrast from the beginning of Cyrus's conquering to the culmination of him freeing the Israelites from their bondage, just as God said after 70 years in the book of Jeremiah. You can see that in Jeremiah 25:11, and then Daniel prays about it in Daniel 9, verse 2. And what took place concerning Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was a wicked, prideful king, and yet God brought him low to one day exalt him. Read Daniel chapter 4. Read the whole, read the whole passage. See the change in his heart. It, it comes out in his person and what he does. Both men seem to have a major conversion towards the one true God. Both of them. Could it happen with President Trump? Yeah, sure. In fact, we hope it does. I've yet to really see that. But could it happen? Yeah. Do we want it to happen? Yeah. It's going to take somebody confronting a sin, somebody giving the true gospel, somebody giving the command of God to repent, though. But here's the thing. This is what I want you to see. This is where there is no comparison between Cyrus and Trump. Okay, here it comes. Consider that Cyrus set the people free, openly acknowledged only one real God, and contributed to the worship of that God. While President Trump has said the name of Jesus, and he has, he said he's more famous than him, allowed others to pray for him and held up a Bible, okay, after he did his little thing there of driving the people out of the church across the street and holding up a Bible, which I don't think he knows what's in there. I just really don't think he knows it. I really don't. I think he demonstrated that when he went into office. He's remained as one continuing to merely offer words against the corrupting government without justice. Signing bills that infringe on the people's liberties, such as the Patriot Act and the USA Freedom Act, selling out American sovereignty in the USMCA, spending us into monstrous debt oblivion, funding the murder of the unborn through Planned Parenthood, and aiding in the very wealth redistribution and corporate and banker bailouts that so many of his supporters opposed under the Obama administration. In other words, for the most part, Trump has helped to enslave not just the people of God, but all Americans rather than free them. There is no comparison between Trump And King Cyrus, there is none. They are as different as night and day, as different as oil and water. You say, you're picking on Trump. No, I'm trying to get the attention of the people. Margaret, that is not an answer. That is an ad hominem, which means your logic is flawed. I may be an idiot. I may be a fool, but I'm going to be a fool for the truth. Whose fool are you? Huh? Whose fool are you? Are you Trump's fool? Is that what's going on here? I could give you many other instances, but I'm going to leave it to you. If you want to read the article, I've got plenty of stuff that should come down through here. And again, 
I know what the Bible says about praying for those in authority. I get it. But the fact of the matter is, is this. If you are on this thing here and not seeing the tyranny that's coming down the pike from this administration, just like it was in the previous one, just because they tickle your ears, that's the thing. Let let me just hit this. That's the thing. The tickling of your ears. Okay? Paul warns Timothy, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, that's a different word for me to say, uh, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women like you, Margaret. Captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth, men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Friends, I I don't know how to help you see anymore. I even say in here, I, I can't see what's going on in Trump's heart. All I can see is what comes out of it. He's trying to save babies by giving six hundred more than six hundred million dollars every year to Planned Parenthood. Mahala? How how does that work? Huh? How does that work? I'm trying to save babies, but you know what? I'm going to go support my local baby murder meal. Going to go hand out their pamphlets to get some new customers in there. How's that work? Huh? The actions speak louder than the words. And this is the problem on the tyranny that we're talking about in the first part of the show. Why isn't justice being brought? upon those who are violating the law, violating the freedoms of the people. Why? Hmm? Why? Only you can answer that. I can tell you what I think about it. I can point you to Scripture. I can point you to Constitution. Bradley can do the same thing. He'll do that today at 3 p.m. <laughs> SonsLibertyMedia.com But here's the thing. It's up to you to take it and get out of your idolatry, get out of the political mess that you're in. And again, I, I'm going to try to contact my friend who was in a communist country not long ago. And he said the way they defeated communism was to get out of the two-party race. I know people don't like to hear that because you've been so brainwashed to think, oh, third party doesn't have a chance. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it doesn't have a chance because you keep voting your fears. Or your idolatry, one or the other. You're scared of the other team, or whatever. The fact of the matter is, is this. There's one king. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Barack Obama. It's not Tim Brown. It's not Bradley Dean. 
doesn't have the power. He doesn't have the power. Really. He has the power. Mahala, have you read your constitution? He has the power to veto every single bill that comes to his desk. And you know how many he's, he's vetoed in his time in office? That many right there, goose egg. He's vetoed none. So if you want to complain about the Democrats sending bills up to him, guess what? He's right along with them because he signed every stinking one of them. Quit making excuses where there is something that you you shouldn't be justifying. He has that power. The Constitution gives him that power. Read Article 1. Those bills go to his desk, and he's the one to determine whether or not to veto them, whether they're constitutional or not. Now, I'm referring to all of them, Anthony. No, I'm referring to all of them. Democrats, Republicans for the past several decades, including Donald Trump. Go back and listen to the whole show. So, with that said, I've ranted, I've went on longer than I wanted to go. But I did feel it was necessary to do this, okay? Yeah, it will be on, Jennifer. Um, actually, it's up now. Just go just go on sonsoflibertymedia.com. Uh, go down in the search bar. It's down on the right. It's way down in the list there of stuff on the right. Put in Cyrus, and it'll pull up. It's the first one that's there. I'll have it in the archives later this morning under the same title that... Um, that, that the video is. So you'll find it there at sonsoflibertymedia.com. It'll be up later this morning along with several of these articles, the videos, all this stuff that we talked about, and then some that I had up as well. All right, you guys have a great day, and um, Lord willing, we'll talk to you at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time in the morning. See ya. <laughs>